Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We give you praise with much thanksgiving. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you that according to Matthew 13, you said anytime we see, hear, and understand, we could be converted and we can be healed. So we declare that today our eyes are open to see, our ears are open to hear, and our hearts are open to understand. And it is our conversion day. And if you believe that, make this declaration. Say, I'll never be the same again. Today is my day of change. Amen, amen, amen. Let's get into the word. Hallelujah. Today is my day of change. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you a little warning. Go ahead and put your seatbelts on. We might have some turbulence today. <laughs> so go ahead and buckle yourself on in your seat. Or feel free to lay on the floor if you decide you need to. <laughs> amen. I'm going to be talking to you about something today, but before I tell you the title, I want to offer up two considerations for you. I want you to just think about them, and I want you to just allow the Holy Spirit to open you up to be able to receive what he has for you. Amen? So the first consideration is there's a saying that's in the Bible, and we hear it quite a lot, and that first one is, to whom much is given, much is required. What exactly does that mean? To whom much is given, much is required. We got a whole lot of people in the body of Christ who ask for a whole lot of stuff. So if you receive it, to whom much is given, much is required. What does that mean? The second consideration I'd like you to think about this morning is another scripture that says, many are called, but few are chosen. So if so many people are called, why are so few people chosen? I'm going to give you a little hint. Called is an invitation. Chosen is an acceptance. So everybody's being called. Not everybody's accepting. So, you know, last week I said, I talked to you from the text, I, um, the title, but did you do your part, though? This week, my title is, but you're not like everybody else. But you're not like everybody else. You know, as parents, one of the things that we understand is that our kids will ask us to go places and do things, and they always come back and tell you how everybody else is doing it. And you always come back and say, we don't care nothing about what everybody else is doing. <laughs> we not like everybody else. And I think that one of the things that's problematic in the body of Christ is that too many people in the body of Christ suffer from the same complex that the children of Israel had. You want to be like everybody else. You want to do what everybody else does. You want to roll like everybody else rolls. Just like when the children of Israel, they had the most high God as their king. They couldn't be satisfied. They're like, no, no, no. We got to have a king like those other people. He's like, if you get a king, that king is going to attack. We don't care. We got to have a king like everybody else. He's like, uh, not a good thing. But here's your king. And so one of the things that's really problematic to me about the body of Christ is that we want to be different, but we want to be like everybody else. We want to be extraordinary with mediocre effort. We want supernatural results with basic, um, with basic um, information. So I was talking about this. I was talking to um, one of my kids this morning, and one of my kids was talking to me about how someone had asked them to serve, and they didn't want to do it. They, they were going to do it, but they had a bad attitude. 
And then they said, and then the Holy Spirit said to them, um, you don't know what this is setting you up for. And then I said to them, but isn't it a shame that the Holy Spirit always got to tell you how he go bless you to get you to do something? Isn't it a shame that everybody's in line for the blessing, but nobody's in line for the service? So put your seatbelts on. Let's just talk today. Tell your turn and tell your neighbor, say, you're not like everybody else. So we're going to start with 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. We're going to look at it in the King James Version, the NLT, and the, um, the Passion Translation. Say that about yourself. Say, I'm not like everybody else. So can I ask you why you want to do what everybody else is doing? It's really interesting because for the last couple of weeks, the Holy Spirit just keeps bringing this thing back up to me. It's, it's, it's a shirt that says, I love Jesus, but I curse a lot. I love Jesus, but I curse a lot. And the Holy Spirit just keeps dealing with me about that thing. It, it just means you're not disciplined. It just means the Holy Spirit don't have no constraint over what come out of your mouth. It ain't no proud thing to be like, I love Jesus, but I curse a lot. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, you don't ever curse, but you advertise that you curse. I love Jesus, but I curse a lot. You don't have discipline. That's one of the fruit of the Spirit. All right. First Peter 2, it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Say, I'm chosen, I'm, chosen. I'm, royal, I'm royal, I'm holy, I'm holy. And, I'm and I'm peculiar. Say, that means, that means when people see me, people see I shouldn't look like them. Look like them. Yeah. It says, I'm chosen yeah. and I'm royal. Royalty don't do everything. Does anybody remember when Meghan Markle married Prince, the prince that one of the things she had to do was cut off her social media? I saw so many people say, I wouldn't cut off my social media. You ain't royalty. Because to come into that family, you can't have social media. And one of the things that's so problematic for us is that in this democratic country that we live in, you think that because you feel it, because you want to do it, because it's a struggle for you, that you don't have any responsibility to restrain yourself. Say the Holy Spirit has anointed me to restrain myself. The question is, whether I'm willing to restrain. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. The Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy. Meaning God knows that by yourself you can't be holy. So he gave you Jesus to make you righteous. And then he gave you the Holy Spirit so you could begin to constrain yourself. Because God's goal isn't for you to be better than you were yesterday. It's for you to be like Jesus. The, it is for you to be like Jesus, to be transformed into the image of the most high God, to be like Jesus, which means everybody, say everybody, everybody. has to do some stuff they don't want to do. And everybody doesn't get to do some stuff that they want to do. Because we're different. 
How we keep saying we different, but we the same. You respond to conflict like heathens. You don't forgive like heathens. You talk like heathens. All right, let's go to the NLT. Say, I'm chosen. I'm royal. I'm holy. I'm different. NLT, we don't have it. You got passion? Let me get passion in. It says, but you are God's chosen treasure. What an honor to be chosen by God. All the people chosen, but not everybody says yes. It says, you're God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings. Look at the designation that he says about us. He says, you're a priest. Now, y'all know how y'all act when y'all don't think priests act right. But he said, you're a priest and a king. Both of those represent standards, designations that constrain your behavior. I'm a priest and I'm a king. At the same time, which means I have a responsibility to God, but I also have a responsibility to you. A spiritual nation. What? What's that next thing? Set apart. How you living like everybody else set apart? How you both? How you blessed and highly favored on your Facebook status at 8 o'clock and cussing people out at noon? How you walking in love at 11 but hate everybody at 4? How you full of faith at 11 and then scared of everything at noon? Because you haven't stepped into your identity. You got to make yourself grow up. You have to make yourself grow up. You have to say that there are some things that I want to do. Those things don't please the Lord. So I give up my right to do them. There are some things I want to say, but they don't please the Lord, so I give up my right to do them. Even if I got to cry while I'm being quiet, but I love the Lord so much that I'd rather cry than be flipped with my mouth and say anything. Because after all, I don't belong to myself anyway. Because do I belong to myself or do I belong to him? Because I read in my Bible that he shed his blood for me and he purchased me when I couldn't get myself free. My life is not my own. My life is his. And I think we do people a grave disservice when we like, you get a blessing, you get a blessing, you get a blessing. Baby, this ain't the Oprah show. In the kingdom of God, it is willing and obedient, then the blessing. And some of you like, I don't want to, why I can't get a breakthrough? Your obedience is raggedy. You live raggedy. And I say that with the utmost love, but you live raggedy. You say what you want to say. You go where you want to go. You do what you want to do. All the Holy Spirit ever talked to you about is blessings and breakthrough. That ain't the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he instructs you. He corrects you. He constrains you. The Bible says the love of God will constrain you. Do you know what it means to constrain something? It means love will put its weight on you and make you shut your mouth. 
And love will put its weight on you and make you get on prayer. And love will put its weight on you and help you put that candy down when we fasting. He says he called you out of darkness. Colossians says we was in this gross darkness. It was so dark. You were so blinded. He said, but then he shed his light so you could see. And he called you into his kingdom not to live like you want to live. The kingdom, Burger King is where you have it your way. The kingdom is where you have it his. Burger King is where you have it your way. But the kingdom is where you have it his way. Last week we talked about how important it was to bow your knee, to submit your knee to the Lord. And to me this is so important because we keep talking about how this is going to be the best year ever. And I feel like I owe you to tell you that for some of you, you're not going to get any better because the Lord keeps asking you to do stuff and you don't do it because you don't feel like it. You don't go when you don't want to go. You don't be quiet when you don't want to be quiet. You don't give when you don't want to give. You only do what you want to do. And then you're like, why don't I have breakthrough? You don't live like nothing. And I love you. I love you. But you don't live like nothing. I have an expectation that wherever my kids are, they represent Camp Strick. Taylor in D.C., she 24. I don't care nothing about that. Don't call me and tell me she ain't representing Camp Strick. If I'm that serious about my name, If I'm that serious about my name, let, let, let me add this. A name that wasn't even my name, a name that I got by covenant, it wasn't even my name to begin with. But if I'm that serious, how you get your name by covenant? You ought to be serious about the protection of the Father's name. Well, pastor, you shouldn't do that. Well, if I shouldn't, you probably shouldn't. If it ain't cool for me, it probably ain't cool for you. Oh, let's keep going. Let's go to Romans 12 and 1. Y'all know Romans 12 and 2, but let's hang out in Romans 12 and 1 today. Shout, it's my day to change. I love the people of God. I want the people of God to be victorious. But there's no victory without submission. Now, you can get some rain on you because it rains on the just as well as the unjust. But if you don't learn how to discipline yourself in pressure, the enemy just come get you because all he got to do is use the same pressure tactics. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself. A living sacrifice. What? What's a living sacrifice? I'm alive, but I'm constantly killing myself. I'm alive, but I'm constantly killing myself. Because Romans tells me this. There's a war on the inside of me. It's a part of me that don't really align to God, and it's a part of me that belong to God. And so I'm constantly having to kill the part of me that don't belong to God because the part of me that don't belong to God is prideful. It's arrogant. It wants to do its own thing. It wants to go its own way. But every day I crush it. I, surre I make it bow down to God. He says, you present 
your body. That means your mouth. It means your mind. It means your heart. It means your feet. It means your hands to serve. He says, you, you bring yourself to attention. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And I think that another thing that's problematic is that you think God got to accept anything you bring. That ain't how the kingdom works. That's not how the kingdom works. In the Old Testament, when people brought offerings, the first murder was over a raggedy offering. The Lord, um, Abel brought one, Cain brought one, and the Lord was like, ah, I don't want that. The Lord isn't obligated to bring whatever mess you bring to them. As my kids got older, I told my kids for Mother's Day, don't make me no gifts. Don't color me no sheets. If you can go to Starbucks, don't color me nothing. Don't bring me no seeds. and no, Bring me a real gift. That stuff is cute when you too. That stuff is cute when you in kindergarten. That stuff ain't cute when you spending $25 a pop to go to the movies. You better break five off each time and you better bring me a real gift. I'm not just accepting whatever you bring up in here. I don't want that. I've literally, my kids have literally given me stuff for Christmas. I went, I don't want that. Because when you love people, you pay attention to detail. So let me give you a case in point. There are not a lot of fragrances that I can handle. So there are only certain candles I can have burn. So when you just go get me any candle, you didn't study me. You just brought me whatever you wanted me to have. I don't want that mess. Do you study the Lord? Do you know about what's acceptable to him? Or you just come in, you know, I'm his kid. I'm a friend of God. And I want to say to you, while I appreciate Israel's song, everybody is not a friend of God. The Bible said Abraham was a friend of God because he could share his heart with him. He can't share his heart with all y'all. I know, I know. Some of you are like, oh my God, that's so mean. It's so true. <laughs> You're, you're being so mean to me today. No, I'm not. No, mean is in the Kojic church that I was in where they would say it's 17 people in here fornicating and in three minutes I'm about to start calling y'all names. No, that's how I grew up. And it's four of y'all stealing at your job and two of y'all thinking about adultery and I know all y'all names and I'm about to start calling. But I don't want you to come to the Lord because you're afraid of being exposed. Because he already know. I just want you to expose yourself and be like, let me grow up. Present yourself. Tell your neighbor, say, present yourself. Present yourself. You know, one of the first lessons the Lord taught me walking with him is this. Don't worry about what nobody else called to do. You, you don't get to work. When, Peter, when Jesus is talking to Peter and John after his resurrection, I believe it's after his resurrection. He, no, yeah, I think it is. Research it. But he says to Peter how he's going to die for him. And then, he, and then Peter says, what about John? He says, if I let John live till I come back, what they got to do with you? 
it got to do with you that the Lord told you not to drink, but other people get to drink? What they got to do with you? What they got to do with you that somebody else can go out and turn up, and when you go out, the Lord be like, you don't turn up like that. I ain't telling you don't go out, but he like, that ain't what you do. That ain't how you act. The Lord knows I love to dance. He lets me go dance. I get to go dance a lot. He be like, but you don't get to dance like you in college. You're a woman of God. You ain't out here twerking. Ain't no woman of God out here twerking. Surely not. Ain't no woman of God out here twerking. Ain't no woman of God backing that thing up unless it's on a husband at the house, right? I mean, you ain't just out looking like everybody else. Turn to your neighbor and say, just grow up because you ain't like everybody else. Let's go to 1 John 4 and 17. We got a few more scriptures, a few more scriptures. Bible, you know, everybody wants the promises of God. Very few people want to prune it. But John 15 said, because I love you, baby, I cut off everything that ain't like me. I come for it. Some of you have been asking God for some things, and every time you ask God for some things, he talks to you about something that seems unrelated. It's related. That's why I keep talking to you about it. That's why I keep talking to you about it. You be talking to God like, Lord, I need a raise. I need increase. He like discipline. Discipline. Humility, submission. I know. This ain't sexy church. No, sexy church is when it's like, I believe in the next week, five of y'all go get a house. It's sexy. And the Lord could get you a house, but you're so undisciplined, you lose it. It says, hearing is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. He says, as Jesus is, that's how you ought to look in the world. How can you get people to follow you to God when you look like them? If you respond the same way they respond, if you act the same way they act, why they want to get up out of bed? Why they want to skip brunch for church? Just, just stay home. And here's the other thing. Part of discipline is learning how to be faithful when it's going good and when it's going bad. Because typically we got two groups of people. We got the group of people who when it's good, we can't find you. When life is good, when you got enough money, we can't find you. But soon as things get tight, you're like, Pastor, we going to have an extra service? No, because we had them services you didn't go to, you know? You know them services you didn't go to? Check them out. And then you got the people who, when it's good, you hear. But when it's bad, you like, well, do we love me? You got to grow up. 
You got to get some steadfastness to you, some steadfastness, some ability to plant your feet. The Bible says we ought to be like a tree. That means you shouldn't be moved. Trees ain't falling down every time it rains, every time it snow, every time the sun blinds. Like, literally, you have to stop being so tossed to and from by life. I'm committed to God. I'm committed to God every single place I am. I'm not committed to God on Sunday, committed to God in prayer, and then not committed to God at Walmart when somebody get on my nerves. I'm committed to God all the time. My life is his. It's the reason that a lot of people say stuff and don't get what I really want to say. I'd be like, can I get him? Can I get him? He'd be like, nope, nope, nope. Keep walking, keep walking. I'd be like, just let me know. Say the word. Can I get him? No, you can't get him. Because you your mouth don't belong to you. So it says, as Jesus is in this world, so are we. Listen, I'm not trying to put some pressure on you to keep a bunch of rules. I'm trying to challenge you that the stuff in your life that's not moving, to bring it to the Holy Spirit and then follow his instructions. I'm not trying to make you check off a list. I know what happens when you make people check off a list. They just get good at being in church and raggedy everywhere else. I'm trying to get you to say, you know what? How do I really believe? Because to me, this is the ludicrousy of what we believe. We believe that Adam and Eve sinned. God made a promise that he was going to have a virgin birth in order to put us back in the state that we were in before Adam and Eve sinned. 2,000 years later, he speaks to a virgin through an angel, says the Holy Spirit's going to come over you and you're going to get pregnant. She gets pregnant. She has a baby. This kid grows up. Even as a toddler, he's obedient. Even as a teenager, he's obedient. Grows up, lives without sin, gets filled with the Holy Spirit, does all these miracles, goes to the cross. When he's on the cross, he reaches into 2019, finds your sin, pulls them back, puts them on the cross, takes them all into hell, defeats the devil, takes the keys, gets up three days later, says to you, all power that I have is now in you, and you can't stop cussing. You can't stop cussing. He says, I've given you the power that constrained me. I didn't give you some bootleg secondary power. The power that kept me is the power that keeps you. Why ain't you kept? He said, I gave you the same power. I went to hell and I said to the devil, everything you used to be able to hold him in bondage with, you can't hold them no more. So now if you hell, you choosing to be hell. First Corinthians 13, 11. First Corinthians 13. What? What? When I was a kid, I did childish stuff. But when I grew up, I quit being childish. Okay, check this out. So I got five kids. Anybody else in here got kids? Anybody else in here ever just wanted to ball out and forget about what your kids need. you like, man, I need a vacation. They need school clothes, so, because I need a vacation. I need to turn up. I need to kick it. 
When people do that, what do we say about them? We say you're selfish. We say you're trifling. We say you're childish. Right? So when you're still being selfish about the things of God, you're childish. This is what I say to my kids all the time. I say, we are a team. Camp Strick is a team. And we work because everybody runs their part. We're a team. You know? And, you know, I know you think that everything that we do for you is effortless. But let me be honest with you. I don't enjoy getting up on a Friday, flying to Detroit, getting up in the morning, preaching, flying back, being here today. I don't really enjoy that. I don't even like planes. I, I, I don't like waking up early. I don't like planes. I don't like being away from my family. But the reality of it is, is that it's a, it's a part of my assignment. So because it's my assignment, I get my tail on the plane. I have a good attitude to all of the people because they didn't call me to the assignment. I'm nice to the people who served me when I'm at the church. I preach to the best of my ability. I get my butt back on the plane with a good attitude. And I come on home and I do it again because it's a part of my purpose. Living holy is a part of your purpose. Living right is a part of your purpose. Having self-control is a part of your purpose. If you're single, not fornicating is a part of your purpose. I know sex good, so constrain yourself. I know wine tastes great, don't get drunk. That's what the Bible says. It says drink, don't get drunk. Constrain yourself. Well, it's like we married. No, it's not. You're not like marriage. You either married or you're not. I know this is good. They like, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Single people don't fornicate if they belong to the Lord. Married people don't cheat if they belong to the Lord. When you pick somebody, that's your pick. You pick them. In your mind, you can imagine that they whoever you want them to be, but in your present, that's who you with. Because you picked them. You, 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 you committed to them. Okay. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I'm just asking you to think about what are the childish things you need to put away. Just basic stuff. You know, we, the, the reason, you know, Paul, I think it was Paul, said, you know, we want to te teach about deeper things, but we can't teach about deeper things because we always having to teach about basic things. We always having to go back to the basic stuff. Don't cuss people out. Walk in forgiveness. Choose love. Don't be sexually immoral. Same thing over and over again. We got to talk about tithing, and then when we don't talk about tithing, you forget we tithing. We got to talk about faith because if we don't talk about faith, then you forget you're supposed to be in faith. But you only want to be in church two hours, but we're supposed to cover every single thing about your life in two hours. And the moment we don't talk about it, you forget we're supposed to do it. That's because you're undisciplined. Because once you know the ABCs, you don't keep forgetting them. 
Right now, everybody can sing the ABC song. You probably ain't sung in a long time. You can sing it because you know it. You can tell me what four times four is because you know it. When you don't know holiness, you can't do it when nobody's in front of you because you don't know it. All right. Let's go to Philippians 2. I was going to cover a lot of this, but I'm not going to cover all of it. I want to go to... Am I going to grow up or am I just going to keep going in the same circle? And just because you old don't mean you don't need to grow up. We got a lot of old mean saints. Because nobody ever told you that you was mean. It's amazing to me how the Holy Spirit told you my skirt was too short, but he didn't tell you be nice. And it's fascinating to me. It's fascinating to me the people who got a word for everybody else ain't got a word for yourself. You know, you know everything your husband should do, but you don't know nothing you should do. You know everything your wife should do, but you don't know nothing you should do. You know everything your boss should do. You can critique your boss down to the T, but you can't get to work on time. You could be a better leader, but you ain't on time. You know what's wrong with all your teammates, everybody. You know what's wrong with the goldfish, my God. You know what's wrong with everybody, but you don't know nothing that's wrong with you. Let's go to, I think it's, no, let's read this. It says, if there be um, therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercy, keep going, next verse. Fulfill ye my joy that you be ye like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Next. Let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Keep going, next verse. No, I want to go back to this verse. This verse right here would save a lot of marriages. If you would just esteem your spouse higher than yourself, it would save a lot of marriages. But you're so busy checking for yourself. But that was free. Go to the next verse. Okay, that's not what we're talking about today. Look not every man to his own things, but every man also to the things of other. I'm not talking about some self-sacrificing place where you don't take care of yourself. I'm talking about from this place of saying we're a community. So we are a local ecclesia. We're a body. But we're part of the bigger body of Christ. So everything that I do impacts you and the bigger body of Christ. And everything you do impacts me and the bigger body of Christ. So consider not just yourself, but consider the impact of this choice on everybody. Yes. It's like being a part of the team. It's, you're on a team, and if you don't run your play, then somebody else is off, somebody else having to do double coverage. It looked like they're the ones that made the mistake. They didn't make the mistake. They're trying to cover for the mistake that you made. So then the person who is supposed to be oh, just on the praise team, but they got to be on the praise team and in children's church because you won't take your place in children's church. So they got to run in, get here early, sing, serve, and then run over there because you don't do kids. Even though the Lord told you to do kids, but you don't do them. Keep going. It says, let this mind be in you. 
that was also in Christ Jesus. He wouldn't ask you to do it if you couldn't do it. He says, have the same mind. I would like to insert for free. The word and Jesus are the same. If you don't read the word, it's going to be real hard for you to know the mind of Christ. Some of you know all the memes, all the cute sayings, all the challenges, but you don't know no word. But the Bible says that he hangs everything by the word. Which is why you don't even know what God will do or what he won't do, because you don't know the word. Keep going. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Keep going. But made himself of no reputation and took on him the form of a servant. Jesus told the disciples when they were fighting about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. He said, if you want to be great, you better become the least. You better learn how to serve. Ain't nothing wrong with having big dreams. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Nothing wrong with that. I so believe in God-given dreams. My question to you is, where's your service? Where's your service? Where's your service? I don't just mean your service in the church. I mean, where do you do something if you're not going to be compensated? Where is your service? He says Jesus was equal with God, but he didn't come to earth going, I'm God, you better recognize. He came and made himself a servant and began to do for the people what they needed done. He began to give the blind sight. He began to let the lame walk. He began to feed the hungry. He said, if you are created in my image, I ought to look at you and see you doing what you saw me doing. Everybody want to be a part of the greater works. You know, we're going to do greater works. We're going to have signs, wonders, and miracles. What if your sign, wonder, and miracle is to be to pray somebody at Walmart, the person that you mad because they got the buggy in front of you? Because they took your parking spot. It says he was made in the likeness of men. Keep going. And, found, and being found in the fashion of man. Now he's telling you what a man has to do. He humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Everybody doesn't have to go to the cross like Jesus did, but everybody goes to the cross that produces death in yourself. Everybody not going to have nails pierced in their hand, but every believer is called to humble themselves to the point of death. And let's be clear, that journey of death, it wasn't easy. Because when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, he couldn't even get his three boys to pray with him for an hour. The Bible says that the weight of dying to himself was so intense that it says that he began to sweat blood. Now, I know you've been stressed out. How many of you ever sweat blood? Jesus is so stressed out with this death that God is asking him to do. He is humbling himself to the point of death. I submit to you, he died before he died. 
I submit to you that his death was in that garden. His death was in that garden when he said yes. That other stuff was probably easy for Jesus. All the people hyping you up, you being who you are, you raising folks from the dead, you multiplying the, the, the food. Man, you just rocking like Jesus. You just up here showing out. He said, but now is the appointed time to die. And then your best boys, your boys who go rock with you no matter what. You know your tribe, your people. Can y'all pray with me for an hour because I'm about to do something serious. Man, I can't pray with you for an hour. Power on. I, I, I can't pray with you right now. He goes off. He prays. He's like, God, is there any other way besides my death? Is there any other way besides my death? Is there any other way besides forgiveness? Is there any other way besides doing it your way? Is there any other way besides the tithe? Is there any other way besides fasting? Is there any other way? Is there any other way besides this thing? And it says it was so painful to him, he began to sweat blood. But this is what he said, nevertheless, not my will, thy will. He bowed himself. In the kingdom, there is no authority given until you are submitted to authority. You can be dope in the world and skip steps. Don't nobody in the kingdom skip steps. Everybody in the kingdom skip steps. When Jesus was 13 years old, 12 years old, he left his parents and he was found in the temple teaching. That was his purpose. His parents lost him. Mary came back. She said, how could you do this to me? He said, I don't know what you're talking about. How did you not know that I would be about my father's business? She said, what you're about to be now is about my business. Get your tail up and come on back to this house. And Jesus, God, got on up and went on back. And we don't hear another word from Jesus until he's 30 years old. You want a stage, but you can't pick up a mop. You want your name to be great, but you can't serve when don't nobody know your name. You want to be well known in earth when you ain't known in heaven. Oh my God. Let's go to Hebrews 13, 17. Everybody want it now. Sometimes it ain't your turn. Sometimes you, you want to move to New York. It ain't your time. You ain't got enough sense to be in New York. You ain't got enough training. You ain't constrained yourself. You ain't ready for the, 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 for the snares and the snaps that's for waiting for you in New York. So the Lord say, no, I need you to stay here. No, I, I'm going to do what I want to do. I ain't trying to be mean to you. I'm just trying to tell you. Some of you like, it would be better if I got another job. But everywhere you go, there you are. You done had the same conflict at every job. You ain't got no discipline. You don't have no humility. You don't know how to submit to people that you think you're smarter than. When you think you're smarter than somebody, you think that God discounts his ability and his requirement for you to submit. You want people to get behind your vision, but you're not even behind the vision of your own church house. I'm believing for favor. The Bible says Jesus grew 
in wisdom and favor. That means all favor ain't the same. All favor ain't the same. Anybody with kids know all favor ain't the same? Anybody with kids know all favor in the same? You set yourself up and your obedience is conditioned with your favor. You can have three kids and you buy one kid a car and the other kids you won't give a bus pass. You just drop them off and pick them up. Just drop them off and pick them up. Just drop them off and pick them up. They ain't got enough favor to be in the car by themselves. They ain't got enough favor for that. You got one kid that can use your credit card and one kid that you get $10 at a time. Bring me my change back. Let me see the receipt. Because everybody don't have the same favor. Favor is earned under the death of obedience. When I submit myself to God, and let me tell you something, it ain't obedience if it's what you wanted to do to begin with. It is obedience when you are in the proverbial crime, sweat and blood. I've sweated blood to stay in Arkansas. I sweated blood to stay in Arkansas. This ain't my dream. This ain't my vision. In my mind, every day I wake up in San Diego. This ain't where I really live. But every time I've asked the Lord, can I go? He say, not yet, because your purpose isn't done here. So I don't show up every day mad because I'm here, not tithing, cussing y'all out, kicking over chairs because I'm here. I just keep showing up, being faithful, because nevertheless, not my will, thy will be done. This kingdom stuff is different. This kingdom stuff is different. This kingdom stuff makes you bow your knee. You think the people who drive up here every week don't have nothing better to do than drive up here every week? They do. Know why they drive up here every week? The Lord told them to. They don't drive up here every week for us. They drove up here, they drive up here every week because the Lord told them to. How your church 13 minutes from your house and you can't make it? Because in your whole life, maybe nobody's ever said to you, grow up. Grow up. It's cute when a little kid don't know what to do. I actually say this to my kids all the time. I say, you know, the older you get, the less funny this stuff is. Now it's just irritating. Now I'm starting to wonder, is everything functioning okay up there? You've been walking with the Lord alone. We ought to see a difference. I'm telling you, I don't care what nobody say. We ought to see a difference between somebody who got saved last month and somebody who's been saved for seven years. It ought to be a difference in you. There ought to be some discipline in you. You ought not be doing the same stuff you was doing last month. It ought to be some grow up in your life. How many times you got to have your heart broke when the Lord done told you don't date somebody, but you just got to have somebody, got to date somebody, and then now the whole church got to have a prayer meeting cover you with a cloth because you just had to have somebody 
Grow up. Because if you don't, guys, it don't get no better. If you don't grow up, if you don't grow up right now, your marriage won't get any better. It might end in divorce, but it won't get any better. If you don't grow up right now, your increase, even if you get it, you won't keep it. The Bible says God is not mocked. He says, you don't trick God. I'm going to tell you this, this for free. God is a good God, and he will increase you even if you don't tithe. But the promise is clear that if you don't tithe, your pockets will be like you got holes in them. He'll increase you every time because he's a good daddy. He'll give you one more chance. Help me out, Lord. Okay. But because of your own disobedience, some of you make more than you've ever made before and you live worse than when you made less. You make more than you have ever made before, but you live worse than when you made less. And when you ask for a new job, he give you one. And when you ask him for increase, he give you one. And you still don't say, you know what, but I'm going to be faithful over this time. And here's the thing, as I wrap up, I was thinking about this because this is just how kids are. One of the things that gets on my nerves about my kids, it's amazing to me, but it's all kids do this. Kids always know this, what they think somebody got that they didn't get. Kids always know. Well, you bought them shoes and you didn't buy me shoes. Yeah, but I bought you five pair of jeans. Oh, I forgot. Right, you're right, right. So the mark of being a kid is this thing where you always know what you missed out on, but you're not thankful for what you got, and you're not contributing to the team. You're not contributing to the team. I remember years ago, this one I said Caleb was going to be a prophet. Years ago, that kid must have been 10 or 11 years old. And he said, the problem with a lot of church people is that they just parasites. He said, they just come to suck everything they can get. And they never make a deposit back. And then he said something profound. He said, and because they just parasites, they always live like a parasite. No matter how much they get, it never breaks them through. Repentance means to change. It don't mean to cry. Man, I'm so tired of having services where people crying and snotting all on the floor. Who, who? I have been sorry a lot of times that I got caught, but that don't mean I change. One of the best stories in my life is how I hustled my counselor into making her think I got saved so she wouldn't call my grandmama. That's how I know hustle when I see it. People like pain. People don't, nobody like pain. So you feel the pain right now. You're like, ooh, let's cry. No, let's not cry. Let's man up and say we're going to change. 
when I was in sixth, seventh grade. Um, I can't say the person's name in case it's on the video and it go out, but my math teacher, I was left-handed, so I was writing this way. My math teacher said I was cheating off this girl, and I was indignant because the girl was dumb, and if I was going to cheat, it wouldn't have been off on her. Now, first of all, let me say, I didn't say I was above cheating. I said that if I was going to cheat, I wasn't going to cheat on her. So I was really ticked off that this teacher had said I was cheating. And then the girl, who also knew she was dumb, wrote me a letter and said, I know you wasn't cheating off me. You would never cheat off me. And I now, I mean, that, 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 see, we, we, ain't had no, we ain't had no mistakes about what was happening here. And I wrote back on the paper, and I said, that's why I can't stand that B. I wrote it out. <laughs> and so, as I passed the note back, the teacher got the note. Interception on the play. Read it. Face got red. Said, Rashandra, you need to go to the counsel's office. Sent the note to the counsel's office. I went, oh, my grandma going to kill me. My grandma going to kill me. My grandma's going to kill me. Not I'm sorry. My grandma going to kill me. I got in that office. I was scoping it out. I noticed all these words about Jesus on this wall. I said, I ain't going down without a fight today. She said, Rashandra. I'm so disappointed that you would act this way. I said, me too. <laughs> me too. She said, what happened? I said, I don't know. I be trying to live right, and then I just get caught up, and I don't know. And she said, would you like to give your life to Jesus? I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'd like to give my life to Jesus. She had me pray the sinner's prayer, and then she said these magic words right here. She said, your sin is separated as far as the east is from the west. I'm not going to call your grandma. <laughs> I ain't change a lick. I call that teacher B as soon as I walked out there and saw my friends. Ain't nothing changed for me. Some of you good at crime when the pressure on, but when it's over, you still got the same thing in your heart. Ain't nothing in my heart changed. I didn't feel bad. I just didn't want to get in trouble. The reason some of you, your change is so short term is that the moment that you forget about trouble, you ain't got no commitment to live right. Well, on that note, I think we can go ahead and I ain't having no altar call today. Alt in your seat. You want to change, change. Because this is the truth. This is the, this is the truth, especially about black people. We love music and rhythm. I can play a song. I ain't about to play a song right now. Have, have, have church crying, lay prostrate. I just want to know when you get up, you going to live any different. Are you going to live any different? We have prophetic words. I can wrestle you to the floor, get you to lay all out. But when you get up, are you going to be any different? Are you going to be any different? I'm not talking about the things I think you should do. I'm talking about the things that the word tells you to do and the things that the Lord has specifically told you to do. Are you going to be any better? Because if you're not any better, you're not going to get anything better. Years ago, this lady named Sister Sandy preached this message. She said, God is going to make a difference between us and them. That's even in church. It's going to be a difference between us and them. 
You're going to be able to see the people who sold out and the people who got walking in favor and the people who got the blessing on their life. You're going to be able to see the difference. You're going to be able to see the difference. And if you want to be one of those people who want to be the difference, you like, man, you know what? And you know what? Here's the thing. Let me just tell you this. If when you're a believer and you don't live right, you just put your own self under condemnation. Because here's how it works. The devil gasses you up. He comes in. He like, hey, it's cool if you do that. I mean, everybody doing it, whatever your that is. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. It don't matter. It'd be just like the cartoons. Remember the cartoons, the angel and the devil, the Holy Spirit. He'd be like, hey, that's not a good thing. Remember that message? Remember what happened the last time? Because some of y'all done told the Lord so many times if you just don't get pregnant this time. If you just don't get pregnant this time, Lord. And so. And then the devil will gas you up. He'll be like, Cause, and then, because, see, don't get it twisted. The devil no word. So the devil will tell you, you still saved. I mean, even if you do that, I, God still love you. True, God still love you. But it's still going to be some consequences and repercussions for them answers, them actions. I love my kids. It's still consequence when they don't do what they're supposed to do. Consequence don't have nothing to do with it. In fact, because I love you, I give you consequences. But in the earth realm, some stuff is just natural consequences. For example, if you drink and drive and you get a DWI, that wasn't the devil or the Lord. That was just you violating the law and getting caught. So now you ain't got to be like, you know what? The Lord had to put me in that detox to get my attention. No, the police put you in that detox to get your attention. That was not the Lord. You violated natural consequence. If you don't go to work on time and you get fired, the devil didn't get you fired. You got you fired because you didn't go to work on time. If you talk too much at work, if you don't follow the procedures, if you don't do the things that you're supposed to do, not the devil, you.